is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Thursday, August 13th. I mean, hey, man, whether you like it or not, we are in the heart of fantasy football draft season. Over the next month, there will be drafts every stinking weekend. It starts really this weekend. I know it's a little early, but, you know, the old excuse that people used to say for having drafts this early, what if they get hurt in the preseason? Well, we don't have that excuse this year, so it really doesn't matter that much. And I don't know how much of an indication we're going to get in terms of depth chart movement. I'm still kind of waiting on that sort of stuff. So really, honestly, this year of any year ever, it really doesn't matter if you have your draft early or as late as possible. So it starts. It starts this weekend. It really starts to ramp up next weekend. I have an important home league draft next weekend. The following weekend is always the biggest fantasy football draft day of the year. And then Labor Day weekend. And then it's on, baby. We are so stinking close. And as I keep saying, I am very confident. Now, I'm not going to say 100% certain because that's foolish. But I'm pretty darn confident we are going to see this season start on time. So today, we're going to do the flip side of what we did yesterday. Yesterday on the podcast, I talked about some wideouts to target if you go running back heavy early. Well, what if you go wide out heavy early? Who are we targeting at running back? Not as an extensive of a list, I should say. Uh, when it was all said and done, I actually added a couple players to the article for FTNFantasy.com. That went live today, so if you want those couple extra players, uh, they're, they're deeper players, but still, added a couple wide outs. Go to FTNFantasy.com. And check out that article. It is free, so you can check it out. Don't have to be a subscriber to check it out. Tomorrow we'll have this running backs article up, but give you a little sneak preview on the podcast today. So that's coming up in a few minutes. Before I get to that, though, got to tell you about our sponsor for today's podcast. You know who it is Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different from the other daily fantasy sites. And it is. It truly is very different from daily what you're used to. So I love that. I love adding a couple extra, you know, a couple different things. Diversity is the spice of life. I'll play in a dynasty league or eight. I'll play in the season-long league or eight. I'll play lots of DFS and lots of betting. But, you know, this is a slightly different version. And it's a lot of fun. It's definitely cool. So I I highly recommend adding it to your repertoire because there's no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks. It means anybody has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else they have at MonkeyNightFight.com? A free $5 game. Just for you, just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. 50 bucks for free. Love it. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting into when you sign up. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. So sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. And use that promo code RANT. Make sure you do that. That'll hook you up, hook you up right there. So, yesterday, we talked about if you're on trend. Now, trend this year is hammer running back. Hammer 
running back early. Try to get three within the first four rounds. And I've seen this strategy executed numerous times in a lot of the drafts that I've been in so far this year, whether they're best ball, whether they're industry mock drafts, whether I actually had a league that is already drafted. And like I said, this year is the year to do it if you want to draft early. Whether it's that, whatever it is, I've seen it executed and executed very well by a lot of people. I've also seen it kind of fall flat a little bit. So you have to be careful if you go that route. The challenge with that route this year is that a lot of folks are going to be doing it. In a lot of your home leagues, the way that you're going to see the draft unfold is running backs are going to go early and often. So it does create that interesting opportunity. I've talked about it a few times on this podcast already, but I've called it modified zero RB. For me, a modified zero RB approach is when you end up getting a top 10 fantasy running back or a guy who you view as a top 10 guy, and then the value at wide receiver is too tough to pass up in round one. Like say you get a top 10 guy in round one, the value is too too tough to pass up. Or you get Michael Thomas and a a top 10 guy in round two, and then the value is too tough to pass up in round three and four at wide receiver. Because I'm telling you, it's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. So you come out of the first four rounds with one running back and three wide outs, or even, you know, this is a scenario as well that I've talked about. The first five rounds of your draft, you come out of it with four wide outs and one running back. That's modified zero RB at, at its sort of essence, or maybe it's a tight end in there. I don't go that route in most instances. I've talked about this a bunch of times, why I'm not going that route, but I'm not going to talk you out of it. By the way, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle both got paid. I mean, the, the deal for Kel- Kittle makes a lot of sense because of how young he is. Kel- Kelsey's getting up there, but he's still, I mean, he's still got a couple years left for sure. So you pay him, you lock him up. He's a huge part of what you do. Anyway, I'm not going to talk you out of those guys. Just not the way I would go. But either way, it still would fit the mold of modified zero RB. So if that is the case, then you obviously need targets. You need guys to go after in the middle and even late rounds potentially. Now, as I've said on this pod too, I like to come really prepared with my draft board. And my draft board is pretty cut and dry. Essentially, it's one sheet of paper. It has every player on it, and they're all lined up. Basically, it's kind of a modification on tiers. I group players, uh, but I have them across all positions along the same level. If you've never seen my draft board before, it is worth checking out. Even if you don't use it, I think it's worth checking out as part of your draft process and you get it at ftnfantasy.com. It is, people keep asking me, where do you get it? It's in the game plan. So you either have to buy the draft kit subscription or the platinum subscription to get the draft board. Uh, we will also have uh, you know some more on that coming up on the podcast in terms of how I build it. But right now, the basic idea, everything's laid out there for you, right, on that one sheet. Now, I said, sometimes I make little secret notations so that people can't just look at my sheet and know exactly what I'm doing and mark off some of the guys who I'm targeting. And, and the reason for that's really simple. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to think when I'm drafting. I, I, I may, I'd rather drink. No, just kidding. Well, not entirely. I will have a couple of adult beverages during the draft, but I really don't want to think regardless. Even if I was sitting there with a with a bottle of water, I don't want to think at that point. We've been doing all the thinking all along. I don't want to get to the draft and have to think like crazy. 
I've seen people do that. I've seen people do that. It does not work very well because you're going to outthink yourself. You're going to outthink yourself into a bad team. So I don't want to think. So I'll make a little note of these guys. And generally speaking, I mean, you're going to remember a lot of those guys. But in the moment when you're up, especially at home league drafts, where you don't have the little ADP helping you out online at ESPN.com, right? When you draft online, it's pretty easy. When you draft a person, it's not easy. So when you're sitting there, pressure's on. I've done it before. I've, I've, you know, pressure's on. I was up, had to make a pick. I made a pick. I sat back down. I looked down and I'm like, oh, you have to be effing kidding me. <laughs> I totally forgot he was on the board or I totally missed him. So I make these little notations just, just to let myself know. It used to highlight. I found out the people were just basically looking at who I highlighted <laughs> and then taking those guys. So I don't highlight anymore. You live and learn. Anyway, you have to have this little list because you don't know if you're going to end up going, you know, modified zero RB. I would never go full out zero RB in 2020, but modified zero RB. You don't know if you're going to go that approach heading into the draft. So you better have this list just in case. So I started the list in the fifth round, but really in a lot of instances, you might find that wide receiver value is too tough to pass up if you go down this road. Because if if the draft sets those wheels in motion, that typically means that your league went wide res- or running back bonkers early on, not wide receiver. They went running back crazy early on. So that means that the value is just going to keep falling. But I don't think you can go, you can't keep doing it, obviously. And I don't think you can go past round five. So anyway, I included one running back who is currently going in the fifth round. If you're lucky, he slides to the sixth. But this would be your second running back, right? Uh, you could look at him in the fifth round as your second running back. Right now, um, I've seen Le'Veon Bell go in the fifth round. <laughs> I don't think that happens in home leagues, but that would be a value that you would it would be too hard to pass up. I know people don't love Le'Veon Bell, but that would be a value too hard to pass up. If David Montgomery fell to the fifth round, it's too hard to pass up, and I'm not a huge David Montgomery guy. Those guys could fall that far. You may see David Johnson fall. It depends on your league. If they're, These are guys who are not on this list for me. So if they're that high up, the value is just too much to pass up there. But the guy who I think you can get at value in the fifth round, uh, it's more of a later fifth round pick, is DeAndre Swift. I've talked about him kind of ad nauseum, but really the way I view him is he's got a lot of upside. It's a really intriguing offense in Detroit. And I think that early on, yes, it's going to be a little bit of a committee. I'm willing to punt RB2 early on, especially if I'm as loaded as, as I think I'm going to be right now. Uh, you know, if I went this modified approach, I'm willing to punt it a little bit. You know, I threw this out there. I'd mentioned, you know, I've seen Chris Godwin go in the third round. And, and you know, every so often you get people on their Twitter high horse. Where in the world are you seeing Chris Godwin go in the third round? You know, the Twitter. I've done 5,000 drafts since March and I've never seen that. Or it was something like, I've seen it in 20%. All right, well, come on, man. You're you're focused on the wrong thing. Wide receiver value is going to fall, whether it's Chris Godwin or somebody else. It's going to fall. It's going to fall. You're going to get wide receiver value in round three. You're going to get in round four. Chris Godwin's not going that far away from round three, by the way, in current ADP. He's going in the back end of the second round in ADP, so he could fall easily. But it's not even about that. It's just simply about constructing based on value. 
right? Twitter high horse. <laughs> the Twitter high horse people are funny. Um, regardless, you're going to be in a really good position with wideout. That's the, the key point. So I'm willing to punt it a little bit with a guy like DeAndre Swift at RB2. I'm willing to punt it. Now, typically, and I'll be honest, most often I'm coming out of the first four rounds pretty balanced, two and two, two running back, two wideout. And that's just the way it works out. It's not It's not I'm doing that intentionally. It's just the way the board, it's what the board gives me. But if you don't go that way, then yeah, I'm totally fine being pretty freaking loaded at wide out and then punting that second RB spot. Because you're never going to be absolutely loaded across the board in a 12-team league. In a 10-team league, maybe. Yeah. In a 10-team, it, it could certainly happen. There have been times where I've drafted in a 10-team league and I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> Giddy up. But in a 12-teamer, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. So, yeah, in the fifth round, DeAndre Swift. Moving on to the sixth round, and this is where Cam Akers, I'm seeing him early sixth. He's getting a little bit of buzz now. I'm hoping that really fades. I mean, there was a Roto World blurb about him, and typically that when that happens, that's not good to keep a secret. Uh, the blurb was uh, essentially that he can get an early down or an early opportunity. That is not an early down opportunity to, to demonstrate his ability. This coming from ESPN. Yeah, of course he is. And I actually, uh, on the Sirius XM show today, talked to Adam Kaplan about acres and he said, Hey, they love him. He's smart. He can, he can pick things up right away. And that was part of the problem that they've had with Darrell Henderson and with John Kelly is they didn't pick things up. Acres. Akers could really surprise people. And to get him in the sixth round, you're not going to get any value on Clyde Edwards-Lair. Now, now, granted, I, I love him, but you're not getting any value on him because you're going to have to draft him probably close to the middle of the first round. Right now, Jonathan Taylor is going a little bit too high. So if you're looking for that, you know, people always ask me, who's that next rookie that surprises? Who's that next rookie that we draft in the middle rounds who becomes... Uh, you know, a top 20 or better, because you're not drafting Akers as a top 20, he'd be the guy at the top of the list for me this year. He'd be the guy. If I can hit him in the sixth round, especially if I went one running back and four wideouts in the first uh, first five rounds of the draft, I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly okay with that. I've started to notice that the seventh round, in terms of seventh round ADP, I'm really not liking what's there. And... That I don't think is the worst thing, but you know it's something we do have to be aware of because I don't want to draft a guy too early. If I can get him later, I'm going to squeeze every ounce of value out of a guy that I can in a draft. And right now, I mean, it may be J.K. Dobbins. It may be. I have a seventh slash eighth round on him. It may be J.K. Dobbins. Now, drafting J.K. Dobbins, though, in that range, you are well aware he is not going to be the number one on his team. He's also on a team with a quarterback who's going to run the ball 140-plus times. So there's not a ton of meat on the bone there, but it's an upside play. It's a favorable offense. And if something happened to Mark Ingram, whoa, that's a scratch-off lottery ticket you want to cash in right there. So he'd be my target in that range of the draft. I'll say seventh. Because I think really the eighth round is the money spot for Antonio Gibson. That it's complicated for sure with Gibson. But I think that we see him work his way into essentially the number two 
in early downs, and he's going to be the clear number one in passing downs. So that role on a team that's going to play from behind a lot is pretty favorable, but it's really risky. So that's why I'm looking at him in this range. I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of myself with Antonio Gibson too out over my skis, and so that's why I'm recommending him in this range. Ninth round, I don't love this. I really don't love it, but I, I'm willing to do it just from an upside standpoint, Matt Breda. I don't love it. I'm definitely not taking Jordan Howard, I'll tell you that right now, but Matt Breda, at least interesting enough, enough of uh, fantasy juice there to consider. Now, I'd also consider the handcuffs in this range of Latavius Murray and Alexander Madison. Madison may have a little bit more independent value. I would say Murray, I mean, Murray doesn't have that much independent value. He showed it last year, but he is a slam dunk if something happened to Alvin Kamara. I'm also looking at Keyshawn Vaughn in this ninth, 10th range. Thank you. By the way, I'm so happy that he's going in the ninth or 10th round. Uh, some of you might, if you're listening to this, you might know Roster Watch. If you don't know Roster Watch, uh, uh, they're another website in the fantasy industry. And Byron Lambert over there, who's one of my good friends in the industry, he compared Keyshawn Vaughn coming into the league to Alvin Kamara coming into the league. Now, let's be clear. <laughs> Before we get ahead of ourselves, we're not comping him to current Alvin Kamara. Remember, Alvin Kamara coming into the league was... Uh, kind of underappreciated, underused at the college level. I mean, Jalen Hurd started ahead of him. And you may know that Jalen Hurd used to be a running back. Maybe you didn't, but he did. So Keyshawn Vaughn, a little underappreciated. I mean, there's some juice there. Now, he is not Alvin Kamara currently, and that is obviously a a little bit of a far-fetched goal, but underappreciated. I'm so glad the ADP, ADP dropped off. I'm so glad people got concerned about things like LaShawn McCoy, et cetera, Ronald Jones, et cetera, because I will take him all day long. And I tell you what, ninth round, yes. Tenth round, please, where do I sign? I will sign on that right now in the tenth round. As my fourth running back, no doubt about it. Now, I'd like to get my fourth running back by this range, but if you really have to throw some darts in the late rounds, I have four more, and one of them is sort of two two players in one, so we'll get to that. But the first guy is Zach Moss. You're seeing him 10th, 11th round. Zach Moss is kind of a handcuff, but he may be more than a handcuff. I don't really entirely know how to read that Buffalo backfield because I was really surprised they drafted him. And I was really surprised they were looking, they were even looking to bring in maybe Melvin Gordon. They were they were taught there was talk about that. This is interesting. So I'm gonna keep an eye on Zach Moss for sure. Uh, also Tony Pollard, one of the highest upside handcuffs out there. He's going to be a late round 11th, 12th round guy, Damian Harris. I think you can get Damian Harris in the 12th or 13th round because I still think the secret is, is being kept on him a little bit. Sony Michelle, obviously huge question marks. Uh, they obviously also brought in Lamar Miller and he's going to draw some attention, but Harris might be the sneaky name there. It's risky always with the Patriots backfield. Then the last is two players in one. It's Justin Jackson slash Joshua Kelly. I'm still not certain who's going to win this job as the number two. Whoever it is is going to have more carries than Austin Eckler. Now, nowhere near as many catches, but that's a lot of value to be had. And you're paying nothing for them now in the late rounds, whoever that player is. I mean, if you had gun to my head, have to pick a player today, Jeff, who it is, who is it? It's Justin Jackson, but... 
the more I think about, the more I um, you know look at Joshua Kelly, I would not be surprised if he leapfrogged Justin Jackson. So I, I, we can't go that far just yet. I'm still ranking Jackson ahead. I'm still projecting him ahead. But if it happened, we have to react, and that would mean Joshua Kelly as a late-round guy. There you go. If you go wide out heavy early, running backs to target is not an extensive list, but there is some fantasy gold to be mined here. Go check out everything we have to offer over at ftnfantasy.com, including rankings, projections, my tiers articles are refreshed, all of it, ftnfantasy.com. Appreciate everybody reviewing the show on iTunes. If you haven't already, please review the show. It helps me out more than you know. Easy way to do it, open up your iPhone podcast app. If you have an iPhone, find my podcast, which is called The Rant. Scroll to the bottom, click the stars, baby. It's really that simple. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, hashtag Rat Pack. And I've been reading some of the direct messages people have been sending me on social media, uh, you know, Facebook as well. I really appreciate it. I, you know, it means more than you know, your support alone. And then some of the very positive things people have been saying about this podcast and some of the stuff that we have talked about on this podcast is really, um, it really is meaningful. So thank you for that. Uh, And I appreciate the support, baby. I appreciate the support. All right. Friday is coming. We will be back on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.